Yeah, Sedano and Cap. No Sedano. Cap. DeMarco Farr is in the house. Producer Greg Bergman. Corporate Greg Bergman. Producer Laura is in the house. And it is a Friday and uh, looking forward to today, everybody. DeMarco, how's it going, man? Man, it's good. It's good. Uh, a little cranky today, man. Um, my whole life is set around the morning, so I- I'm getting used to this afternoon thing. Now, when you say your whole life is set around the mornings, what exactly do we mean here? I have a six-year-old starting mm-hmm. first grade, you know, pandemic yeah. parent. You know, yeah. we did the whole thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. So everything in my life is from like 4.30 in the morning till about... <laughs> five and then i start shutting it down you know what i mean <laughs> so i'm called, getting used to this yeah you, you just called yourself a pandemic a pandemic parent tell me what you mean by that i mean look I, we we had to keep her home she was with home she was home with us i mean we we yeah. did the zoom i mean it was it was all day every day with a with a five six-year-old you know so i heard mason on the way in talking about ted lasso and jb long the rams play-by-play man uh, he told me about Ted Lasso. I get mad because I don't get to watch adult TV. I have to watch what the five, six-year-old wants to watch. Uh, you know? Yeah. It, yeah, so I'm getting used to this adult-type behavior, afternoon stuff again. All right, so school is uh, starting back in. I know I've got, I've got four, two that are in college right now, and uh, two that are in high school, and it just started this week. Laura, tell me real quick, uh, niece, I saw today on Twitter, niece is, uh, or goddaughter, is, yeah. is starting kindergarten today, right? So she's my niece and my goddaughter. She's five. She started kindergarten. So I was so excited because, you know, you have the first day of school, all the high, like the nine yards, but because of COVID, you can't take the child to the classroom. Nope. <laughs> so you have to wait in the, I'm like, what? Wait a minute. Like, this yeah. is a milestone and I can't be present, fully present. I mean, I understand, you know, COVID and all, but I was so hurt because she's like my daughter. So mm. I was so hurt that I couldn't walk her, meet her teacher. I was just like, oh, my God. So my older niece, who's eight, had to walk her. And I saw even younger kids than eight walking their five, the five-year-olds. Oh. And I just, that broke my heart, oh, wow. you know? That broke my heart because it's such a big milestone in their, in their lives. And the adults in their lives really can be present for it. So it just, I don't know. What a way to start. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Sometimes, you know those uh, electric fences for dogs? You know, (laughs) they they put the thing around the neck (laughs) and it gives you a warning and then a shock. Sometimes I just blow the line. (laughs) I do. I just, I have to walk. I I know what you mean. I don't want to leave her here and then we Mm -hmm. do the goodbye stuff. Yeah, sometimes I just walk her to the door and make the security guard chase me out. Yeah, no, they were not having that. (laughs) I tried. I tried, DeMarco. I tried. They're like, ma'am, ma'am. Out. Like, oh, I Dang. swell up though. I go 280 on them. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I, I get big. Oh yeah, I start carrying my luggage. You know, <laughs> right? Your arms come out. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man, I know. I feel for all the parents out there. I'm telling you, you know, like I said, my my two youngest are in high school, so you know, they're they're like, see you later, dad. They just take off in the wow. morning, but like it just it, it is so hard. And and I'll tell you, you ready for this, Demarco? Yeah. You'll appreciate this right away. Um, we're one week into school. Tonight is the opening night of high school football at many, many high school football teams around the, you know, around the Southern section, uh, around the San Diego section. I mean, you you know, CIF sections all throughout Southern California. Um, And already I've seen, you know, can't this game's been postponed. This game's been let, you know, canceled. Um, And, you know, my kids school right away, there were like seven guys on the team that couldn't play because one guy wasn't vaccinated and, and he got it. And then the other guys who are on the offensive line with him, 
they weren't vaccinated, so they couldn't play. So they sent like eight, seven, eight guys home. I heard my daughter on the phone with one of the guys. She's like, so who's going to play quarterback tonight? And he's like, I don't know, man. I don't uh, know who's playing, you know? You know, I was out uh, at um, in Thousand Oaks watching the Rams practice, and mm-hmm. it was on Thursday when the, the Rams and Raiders were, were practicing, when they got in the fight. And I saw Andrew Whitworth, and I love to talk to Whit because he's the oldest guy. And yeah. Uh, I used to give him stuff. Man, training camps are so easy now. Look at you. You know, you're not even sweating. I said 45 minutes into my first training camp, I was already bleeding. <laughs> and then he kind of stopped like he had enough. He was playful and said, yeah, but you don't have to go through what we're going through yeah. mentally. All the stuff they've gone through from, from taking a knee on to COVID. Man, it's rough. You don't know if you're going to play one week to the next. Yeah, and it's yeah. out of your hands. And you have to prepare like you're going to. And it's it's, it's just tough, man. I, I feel for those kids. I really do. And every athlete that has to go through it. I know. And, you know, I'll tell you one other thing, DeMar. i got a 21-year-old son who's playing JC ball right now uh, down at Saddleback in Mission Viejo. And, you that's know, good, all the kids. all a good the football kids, program, right? Oh, really, really good. Yeah. Beautiful facilities. I mean, if, if and, you know, the, the, the roster is just chock full of kids from Southern California, but then half the kids are from all over the country because it's really one of the better yeah. junior college programs. And Southern California junior college football is, is some of the best in the country. No doubt. But they got these kids that come in from all over the place. And by the way, JCs are not like really like ultra inexpensive if you're coming in from other places. If you're from California, it's very inexpensive to go to school there, thankfully. But the point is, is that, you know, they keep they're also worried because if they have three cases they're they're being threatened that they'll shut down the program they had one team that they were supposed to scrimmage against next week but they had three cases so they shut down so they had to move that back to two weeks and make it like a regular season game i mean the whole world is being impacted by this high school football starting tonight i know some teams played last night uh tonight jc ball coming up College football, I don't know if you saw the story about how all the conferences are kind of working together now because yeah. if a team you know, can't you know, put a team on the field and they have to forfeit, I mean, it's just the world is going upside down right now. And I read an interesting article this week in the LA Times where a doctor who's a, an ER doctor was saying, you know, I'm kind of losing my, my sympathy. People are coming in, they're unvaccinated, and this is a doctor talking, he's like, you guys all had your chance everybody had their chance and yet you guys didn't do it and here you're coming in with pneumonia you can't breathe and people are really still out there dying dude see cap cap you have to tell me uh my mentality i i guess i'm kind of a neanderthal when it comes to stuff can we still go full metal jacket on guys that won't conform you know can i still get the the, you know the the soap in the sock and you know, beat you in the taking, <laughs> taking the vaccine. <laughs> I don't know. Is that is that wrong? <laughs> you know, it's that's so the funny. way I came up, Arlie Ermy style. You know. Yeah. Oh, dude, totally full metal jacket. I'm with you. You know, it's so funny you say. This oh, I'm be- sorry. You know, but look, I mean, it's it's one guy won't do it. We can't play. He messes it up for everybody. Well, this is my only me. shot. I'm a senior. I need this year so I can get a scholarship. Right. I well, need this year so I can get a bigger contract. And yeah. now you're gonna mess it up for everybody. I. I I understand it's your belief, but come on, man. I mean, you know, well, we're a team, right? I guess. Well, let me ask you a question. You, let, let's just say, you ready? Let's say you're an NFL player right now in this day and age, and there's 53 guys on an active roster, and there are 45 guys who have all chosen to get it. Not everybody wanted to. Not everybody thought they needed to, but every, you know, 45, let's just say, got it, right? And there's eight guys who don't. Now, here are the rules in the NFL. If a non-vaccinated player brings it into the locker room, and the team can't play, they forfeit the game, the team doesn't get paid, and the opposing team doesn't get paid. 
to me, and and listen, maybe I'm I'm going overboard here, but if I'm on that football team and I look at those guys and that happens, I have one word for those guys: selfish. That that's the word. And and you know, in saying that on the radio, Demarco, you got to see my timeline on Twitter with the anti-vax community that has just completely focused in on me. Like, how dare you tell me what to do with my body, you communist? I'm like, wow. bro, I'm talking about football here. Yeah, I know. I know. It's hard. Look, and, and the one person you're not going to convince, in, in, in my opinion, is a football player. He's going to stand on those, those convictions. He really is. Now, as long as it's legit and it's something you believe, we can sit down and have a conversation. You tell me X to the Z on why you don't want to or do want to. Uh, then if it makes sense, okay, I'll support you. But if it's just hardhead stuff, that makes me want to go to the sock and the soap. You know, really, put you in the locker. Uh, you know, just do that old medieval stuff we used to do to get you to conform because it seems like <laughs> you were just the, the selfish guy. But uh, it's a choice. It's rough. But that's the thing. I give these young players, it's easy in camp now. They're making a lot of money. But, man, you guys are going through a whole lot to play the sports you love. Yep, right on. DeMarco Farr is in today for George Sedano. It's Sedano and Cap. Really excited to have you here today, DeMarco. We'll talk a lot of Dodgers. We'll talk a bunch of Lakers. The NBA schedule came out, and I definitely want to talk a bunch of NFL as the afternoon goes on. But let me at least get your uh, your first thoughts here today on what we've been hearing about the last couple of days in these joint practices between the Rams and and the Raiders, and you said you've been out there, obviously, and we've been seeing you when we were doing training camp broadcasts. So just take me back. The, the storyline two days ago was that the Raiders show up and work the Rams over, at least that's the way it was reported, and then the next day, which was yesterday, the report was that Gruden packs his team up and takes off <laughs> yeah. because of a fight in practice and blows his whistle and says, let's go, everybody get on the bus. So two days ago, are these reports accurate? Were, well, the, the, were the Raiders looking so much better than the Rams? The fight on Thursday did get a little ridiculous. It, it okay. did. It, 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 was, it was more, how, how do I say it? Um, it looked like rival cliques instead of football teams. Fights happen in inner in or inner team or, or, or the, these, uh, when teams practice against each other, they happen. Uh, you, you get fired up, you get buried. Somebody laughs at you. That's not your teammate. Now you're mad. You want to go at it and you know, fist starts to fly. That's normal. But on Thursday, it got a little stupid after a while because it was a fight. You come in, you break it up. Let's get back to the drills. And then it flared up again because of words. And then somebody else popped off and then somebody else popped off. So I bet, Coach Gruden and Sean McVay, because we were about 50 yards from it, just looked at each other and said, you know what, we're not going to get anything out of the, the the last 13 minutes of practice. Let's just pack it up and go. We, mm-hmm. we got a, enough good work. Nobody got hurt. Uh, we both got better uh, with, the, with the time we had against each other. Okay, it's starting to get a little crazy. Let's just get on the bus and leave. So uh, I thought that was admirable. But as far as the first day – when uh, I guess the the news broke that Jalen Ramsey got beat. And it is big news if anybody gets behind that guy because he is that talented. Uh, I was really impressed with watching him in training camp, uh, just shutting people down. And I mean this with the ultimate respect of the Rams receiving core, from Djax to Cup to Robert Woods. But Jalen Ramsey went up and down that receiver core looking for a challenge in training camp, and he went through them rather quickly. Really, when he turned it up, there was no catches. Mm-hmm. When he turned it up on those guys, it was a ruined rep for the offense and Matthew Stafford. So back off. Everybody needs to get work, not just about Jalen. So when he dials it up, he's as good as anybody. But if you're out there and you're laxed or if you miss a coverage or if you think this guy can't beat you and you go half speed, look, this is the pros. Anybody can go the distance. So 
I think that was a wake-up call. Maybe John Gruden and the Raiders were a bit more fired up day one than the Rams were. But when the Rams the Rams responded on Thursday and it was a bit even. They got good work. No one got pushed around. And the fight happened. They got, they got on the bus and left. But the first day, I would say the Raiders were just a tad bit more energetic than the Rams were at practice. Yeah, and I, I just was, again, we were here doing the radio show. But knowing John Gruden the way I do... Um, I feel like you know he's going to show up and he's going to say, okay, McVay is my understudy. I mentored this young guy. His team has already been in a Super Bowl. These guys are considered Super Bowl contenders. And guess what? Uh, everybody knows about me leaving the television booth and getting this $100 million contract, and we've had no success since I've taken the Raiders over. So I could just see Gruden having his team ready for a practice like as if it were a Sunday afternoon game day, you know? And, and so, and, and I read a lot of the, the Raider comments after the practice was like, yeah, we showed up like we were ready to play a game. We didn't, we didn't show <laughs> yeah. up like this was just some random middle of the week kind of practice. So I believe that part of it, um, I, I could see where Gruden would have his team ready to, to roll, which kind of leads me to what's going to happen on Saturday night. What, what do you expect? I mean, will, will we see a variety of, of Rams starter types? Is, is no. McVay just, God, okay, no. tell us what you're going to say. Well, what, one last point about the yeah. when, when you bring teams into practice. And I, I remember being the bad team with a coach that's on the hot seat. And we came in with a game mentality. And if we would have started a fight like the Raiders did, we would have got kicked out of the place, not just mm -hmm. left, if that makes any sense. You know, we're here to work, you're here to fight, so maybe this isn't the place for you. That's kind of what I took out of uh, Thursday. But uh, what's going to happen on Saturday is the same as what you saw last week. Uh, I bet 30 to 35 guys aren't going to play. And if you played meaningful snaps for Sean McVay, you probably won't see action in the preseason. I think that's smart. I really do. Um, I was on the uh, air with Travis. Travis made a great point. He thinks Sean McVay has killed preseason, and I, it's hard for me to argue against that. Um, I like his approach. He's won 46 games, 67% of his games, since becoming head coach in the National Football League. I think his approach to preseason works. You, you, you protect your guys that are your guys, and you give young players a chance to perform on game day. I think that's the way preseason should roll out for everyone in the National Football League. Smart. You don't want to get anybody hurt, especially not in the preseason. That's for sure. All right, DeMarco Farr is here. we got a lot to get to this afternoon here on Sedano and Kaplan. And um, listen, it's going to be there'll be a lot of NFL talk today. I really want to take advantage of our passion. I know, you know that's my passion as well. Um, but we will get to the Dodgers and what happened last night and the pressure that is now on the San Francisco Giants. And we will get to the Lakers and the schedule that was released earlier today. Those stories right around the corner. Are you tired of uncomfortable, stuffy clothing when you're on the move? Task Performance is here to revolutionize your active lifestyle. Crafted with their innovative organic cotton and bamboo fabric blend, Task Performance's Carrollton Collection is Task's all-time most popular active wear. Task Carrollton Collection is breathable, moisture-wicking, and provides USPF 50-plus sun protection, keeping you fresh, cool, and comfortable all day long. 
Task has harnessed the natural performance qualities of bamboo to deliver amazingly soft and durable apparel produced in an ethical and sustainable manner. Whether you're hitting the gym or on the trail, the golf course, traveling, the office, or just around town, Task Carrollton Collection will help you feel better, move better, and live better. Available in dozens of colors. See what better looks like at taskperformance.com. Use code SPORTS to get 20% off. That's code SPORTS at TASCperformance.com. Task, creating the most comfortable performance apparel on the planet. Sedano and Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Kaplan in, Sedano out, DeMarco far in, the former great Super Bowl champion Rams defensive lineman, the former University of Washington national champion, the current Rams sideline analyst on radio, as heard here on 710. You want me to keep going with your resume? Am I not great anymore? You are great. You said former great. great. That hurt. You are well. You're the happened? great player, the great player, now the great analyst. Thank you. See, you said former great, though. You know, that's that cool, though. That is true. Though. I did kind of say it. That's like all right. It's all good. <laughs> There's nothing worse than calling anybody former, former. something. Right. Yeah. You know? That's like, you know, you go to a school. Like, if you're a UCLA Bruin, yo, he's a former Bruin. No, he's not. No, right. No, you were a Bruin. Once a Bruin, always a Bruin. Okay? Right. I made not the mistake Trojans, with a Marine at Costco. Oh, did he, did he check me? Oh, my God, did he check me? Oh, yes, he yeah, checked me big yeah. time. Right in line, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I bought his groceries. Like, you're not wow. a former Husky. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Always. Cut me yeah. open. I bleed purple. Oh, my God. How is this going to work, Cap? I really don't know. I swear. I love it. I can't wait. I think it's going to be fun, but... Which one, Russell Westbrook or LeBron? Which one is going to back off? <laughs> how do they? How do they get along? How is this going to work? That was my that was my very first question when Russell Westbrook signed uh, yeah. and and through free agency when you know became a Laker. I was like, wait a second, hold on a second. Is is this all going to really be able to work out? Because my my initial thought was, okay. I look at Russell Westbrook as a guy who needs to be the center of the team that he's on. And I look at this team and I go, he's not the center. He's not the two. And I say center, I don't mean the position. He's, he's the three on this team. Can he handle it? And that was like my initial thought. But I will tell you this, DeMarco, listening to his press conference, knowing the story of LeBron and AD visiting with his house and, you know, say people say that's, you know, overblown, whatever. Uh, bottom line is, is that when you bring on guys like Dwight Howard, who comes back for the third time, when you have a Carmelo Anthony, those are two great examples of guys who were always number ones who learned to become, I'll call them better teammates, right. um, guys who understand a role. And I just think having those kinds of guys on this team um, and, and Russell Westbrook coming home and wanting to win, I think, I think, you tell me what you think, I think he can do it. I think he can change the mindset of I have to be a role player I don't have to be the center of the entire team. I agree with most of everything you said, uh, but I don't think Carmelo has to change much with the exception of try on defense, right? Dwight Howard, be Dwight Howard. Um, Russell Westbrook is either going to be Russell Westbrook or he's going to have to change his game. Or LeBron is going to have to change his game for these guys to make this work, right? I've never seen this type of combo Together, one of these guys, one of these alpha males is going to have to back down some. So, and I, I I guess it would be LeBron because he's the ultimate team guy and the way he backs down won't be backing down. It's just kind of pushing his greatness off to a different part of the game. Um, That's the way I see it gelling. But as far as which guy is going to possess the ball most of the time, I, it, it would have to be Westbrook, wouldn't it? That's the way he plays. 
I would think so. In, unless he's in, unless LeBron and AD sat down with him and said, let me ask you something here, man. What's most important in your life? You've already made money. You're already the king of triple doubles. You're going to the Hall of Fame. Wouldn't you like to add a championship to all of this? And if Westbrook's answer is, yes, yes, right. of course I right, want right, to win right. a championship. Okay, well then follow the formula. Because let me just bring it back to football for a second, DeMarco. When I look at what Tom Brady did last year down in Tampa Bay, here's my perception. Hey, guys, I'm Tom Brady. I've got six Super Bowl rings, okay? Yeah. Everybody follow what I tell you to do, and we will have a chance at winning a Super Bowl. If you guys all think you know what's going on, then what did you need me for? So I would look at Russell Westbrook, and I'd say well, follow LeBron. Okay, to, to, to stay with the football analogy, then it would be like, to me, it would be like bringing Tom Brady to the Rams now. <laughs> like right now with Matthew Stafford. Two uh, guys that do got the it. exact same thing. And one guy saying, look, I got six of them, so if we do this my way, we're going to win. So basically, Matthew Stafford is going to have to find something else to do. You know what I'm saying? I, do, I know exactly what you're yeah. saying, but, but, but let's just play that out for a second. Hypothetical. You ready? Tom Brady walks into the Rams locker room. And we saw Tebow trying to block, you know, so no quarterbacks <laughs> playing tight end. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> So, so, so Brady shows up in the Rams locker room and says this, Hey everybody, I've got seven rings now. Okay. Do you guys all want to win a ring? Then, then do what I tell you. And Hey, Matthew, here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to be my backup quarterback. Ah, okay. Now, same deal. So, so Russell Westbrook shows up and he's Matthew Stafford, but LeBron James is Tom Brady. Right. So you're going to, you're, so you're going to do the impossible. <laughs> You're going to ask Russell Westbrook to change his game. Okay. Is, or did he become a catch-and-shoot guy now? Well, let, let me ask you something because I'm, I'm sensing from you. Do you not think this is going to be able no, to No, I think it is because of LeBron. I believe in the greatness. I do. I, I think that he'll find a way to make this work, but he's going to have to find a way to make it work with Russ being Russ. So I've just never seen that LeBron before. I, that do, think, I do think you're right, though, that if you're LeBron – and this is one of the pieces of the puzzle that you wanted, and you know what his strengths are, then perhaps LeBron is the guy who's the, the puppet master in all of this, and he says, look, you know what? He'll do all of these things, and even though I can do all of these things, I don't have to do all of these things anymore because I've added to my arsenal. I mean, I no think doubt. that you're right, that LeBron is more likely to make adjustments to his game and really want to feature and highlight what Russ brings to the team. Why would you want to stifle that? I mean, I'm sure that's probably what he's thinking. But that's what led me to the schedule part when I heard Mason breaking down the schedule. And what did you send me, Greg? Uh, whose Twitter was that when he broke down the schedule? Oh, that was Mike, Mike Trudell. Trudell. Mike Trudell. It Mike was Trudell's awesome. fantastic. It was fantastic. Awesome. Shout out to Mike Trudell, man. He breaks down this schedule, man. If you guys don't read Trudell, uh, you should. Because what he does is he literally goes through the entire schedule, goes through, you know, which nights are back-to-back, -back, what kind of road trips, how, how frequently the Lakers are home. Um, I, I noticed this, DeMarco. They play 42 games on national television. Wow. But I went through the schedule today. 30 of the 42 are on ESPN, ABC, TNT, whereas 12 of the 42 are on NBA TV. So they're considered national television because they're available to everybody, but in actuality, 30 of the 42 are on the big networks.
Okay, so you get a chance to, what, gel without the whole world seeing you. You get to work out the kinks, uh, a soft opening. Um, but the home schedule, everyone says the home schedule at the beginning of the year is great for a, a team trying to gel. I actually think it's the opposite. No one loves you like your home crowd, and no one hates you like your home crowd when it's not working. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and the last thing you need when you're trying to figure it out is people booing. You saw what happened with Jalen Ramsey. Uh, he got beat in practice, and it went all over the uh, all over social media to the point yeah. where he had to answer in a press conference. Yeah. So imagine trying to figure it out with Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and and. And Carmelo, this this team, they're, they're they're trying to work the chemistry, and it's just not working. You're losing some games, and you lose them early. And then your home crowd starts to boo, which makes it worse. You know what I mean? I'd rather be on the road trying to figure that stuff out, if that makes any sense. It actually does make sense if what you're saying is right. In other words, if they have a hard time early in the season with all these home games, um, and they're not gelling, and they're not winning, and the crowds are disappointed because everybody's showing up going, well, there's LeBron. There's AD, hopefully healthy. Uh, there's Russell Westbrook, welcome home. And, oh, wow, there's Carmelo Anthony, and there's Dwight, and now here's the rest of these guys that, that have been added to this roster. And, man, if it's working out and they're winning and they're on fire early, then the home schedule is beneficial, Yay. especially early on. But right. if it's not, to your point, yeah, working things out on the road would be nice. <laughs> right. <laughs> where, the, where the crowd doesn't care about you. You know what I mean? They're not invested. They got their own problems with their own team. So, yeah. But, I mean, either way, I I, I think it's going to work out. Like, I, I agree with you. I think Aaron Rodgers, you think he has pull? No, LeBron James has pull. Uh, this guy is the franchise right now. And if he thought that bringing Russell Westbrook in uh, was a great idea, then he has an idea on how to make it work. I trust yep. that. Me I too. just I just don't know what it looks like. I would love to get the, the finished product in my mind's eye, but I just can't envision that where those two guys can perform on the same stage. <laughs> you know what I mean? For the yeah. same team. Yeah. Uh, 12 of the first 15 games of the season are at home at Staples. So wow. we'll talk more as the uh, as the afternoon goes on. The schedule was released, like I mentioned, um, 42 games on national TV, 30 of the 42 on TNT, ESPN, and ABC. And by the way, DeMarco, as a football junkie, I, I don't care that it's preseason. Chiefs tonight taking on Heck Arizona yeah. at the top of the hour on ESPN. I'm watching it like it's Monday Night Football right now. I'm, I'm watching like you. the pregame like it's Monday Night Football. What are we having? What are you, what are you right, serving? Right. We, should, we, we may have to get some stuff going here tonight. All right, stick around because coming up, DeMarco, you ready to play overrated or underrated? Are you ready to go? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Greg Bergman will have it for us. Overrated or underrated is next. This is Sedano and Kaplan. DeMarco Farr is sitting in. This is 710 ESPN. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine, especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups and sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up and power your buys and tries the right way or de-stress with some cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
dragged. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Thank you very much, Chris. Always ready to happen to do this with you guys. All right. Corporate Greg? Corporate? Yeah. Corporate Greg, yeah, that's what, that's what he calls me. Yeah, very I am very corporate. corporate. Yeah. Very that's corporate. the new one. Yeah, that's the newer one because mm-hmm. it's what, just. What I'm, does that mean? Because I am, I am Can the I manager. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. Go ahead, Cause, go, cause, go ahead, and because, just because, let it out on the air. Just because, have at it. Because once he went from being producer Lies. Greg to becoming assistant program director Greg. Oh, you got Same a title. Dude. Once he moved into <laughs> senior management. Same dude. He is more uptight than ever before. Not true. Very true. Did you meet Greg when he was just producer Greg Cap? No, I think he's been assistant program director the entire time. However, I did my homework. I did my homework, Laura. He's the same guy. Yeah, he asked people. (laughs) Yep. Um, Yep. He did his due diligence. That's right. right. And you know what? Same dude then, same, same dude, dude now. I, I don't mean, know. Hey, no, DeMarco, DeMarco's, DeMarco's known me for a very same long guy. time. Same guy. Thank I don't, you. I, I don't know what's, what, what happened there. Corporate Greg. I <laughs> yeah. thought you did something wrong. No. I did. <laughs> what no. did you do? It's not corporal punishment, Greg. It's just corporate Greg. <laughs> All right, DeMarco, we got some birthdays for you. All right. You tell me overrated or underrated. One of them has to be overrated. One of them has to be underrated. Uh, Amy Adams or Robert Plant, who is the lead singer of Led Zeppelin, wow. Cap, if you don't know who that is. Yeah, uh, gosh, ooh, can I say Robert Plant is 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 overrated? You, you can, can say whatever. You I like. mean, the whole I I I do. I like some Led Zeppelin. I do. Um, I feel it. But you get into the whole we ripped off songs thing. So <laughs> I, I I you know, I'll go I'll go Robert Plant overrated, and Amy Adams underrated. How about that? I like it. It's great. It's fantastic. Now, now what's funny is, Greg, you said <laughs> Robert Plant, and you defined who he is, lead singer of Led Zeppelin. Just making sure. I know that's an old guy, but still, just making sure. <laughs> well, wait, were you doing that for me? Yeah, for you. <laughs> oh, I thought you were doing that for DeMarco. No, no, DeMarco knows everything. <laughs> okay, because I thought maybe you could have said, you know, Amy Adams, who is drop, you know, drop Dead Gorgeous, uh, or was in this movie, Catch Me If You Can, or all these kinds of things. Now, I'm reading those to you because I wouldn't have known. Like, the name doesn't spark it for me. So immediately, my first thought is, Robert Plant, underrated. I mean, I'm not like the biggest Led Zeppelin fan in the world, but I understand the magnitude of the band. Versus Amy Adams, who when you said the name, it wasn't like, oh, Amy Adams. I had to like, literally had to Google it. So for me, I'm going Robert Plant wow. as underrated. I actually thought you would have known Amy Adams out of everybody. I thought you would have actually <laughs> known who Amy Adams. She's a very big actress yeah. for a very long time now. I think so okay. I liked every one of her movies. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Once I looked her up, I was like, oh, her, man. Yeah, I know her. Perfect. All right, Cap. According to a piece in the New York Times, Disney is exploring ways in which robots might get up and start walking around the park. Yeah. Disney Imagineering has already put out a video of their prototype, t- prototype Baby Groot, but yeah. that's not it. Disney's newest robotics initiative, which is called Project Kiwi, is about extreme Marvel and Star Wars characters, huge ones like the Incredible Hulk, tiny ones like Baby Yoda, and so on. Is robots walking around Disneyland... Overrated or underrated? I can't speak. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say that it's overrated 
because I think many people would be walking around Disneyland and here would come these robots and you'd be like, okay, that's like Mickey Mouse or Minnie Mouse or Goofy or Pluto. There's got to be a dude inside those costumes, right? When in actuality, those are robots. I've seen a bunch of these videos that are going around and I'm looking at these things going, what's going on here? Man, somebody's spending a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of R&D building robots. So for me... I would just say overrated because I'm not sure everybody would know that these are actual robots. They might think that there's somebody inside the robot. So like real robots, like walking around Disney. Walking around Disney. Aren't like a little baby Groot. Yeah. Walking like around. Like walking around. Isn't that saying, like Westworld? Gro- Isn't that that show? Yes, very yeah, similar. see? Okay. I'm done. No more. I'm staying home. <laughs> <laughs> Laura was at Disneyland three times this week. Laura, what do you think? I think that will freak me out, to yeah. be honest. It's just, I love Disneyland, but just keep the magic going. I'd rather have someone in the thing and make, like, I know once they take it off, it's, they're gone. Yep. I don't know. The the whole robot thing just freaks me out because I feel like it. we're getting closer to the end of the yeah, world. Yeah, Skynet is real. <laughs> Skynet is real. Yes. <laughs> just being honest. <laughs> Totally agree. I hate to say it, but I agree. All right, DeMarco, the celebrity hygiene debate is in full force. Remember, Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher said that they rarely bathe their kids. Then Matthew McConaughey said that he hasn't worn deodorant in three years. No, oh, sorry, gross. 35 years. Wow, I, I missed gross. the five. 35 years. Yeah. And Lizzo is now getting involved in all of this. And she said on her Instagram story that she agrees with McConaughey and that when she stopped wearing deodorant, she started smelling better. Wow. Is not is wearing deodorant overrated or underrated? I'm going to say underrated. Um, I got into some cabs over in, like, Europe, you know, and my goodness, man. I mean, really, like, bad B.O. And <laughs> it was just normal to them. But, I mean, it was like, stop the car, I need to get out. Like, that brown, <laughs> you know... Funk, the car just smelled bad, and he just lived in it, and he it's its a no-deodorant type of, of play, uh, part of the world, So, but to me, underrated. Um, but I always thought that about McConaughey. Some of those roles, it looks like he doesn't use deodorant, you know what I mean? You can just see it in him. You're yeah. like, hey, that dude doesn't wear deodorant. Yeah, he, that guy he looks, looks like, like he stinks. He, he stinks, right, you know? <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> he's Like he's been up all night. You know, I got to say, um, deodorant to me, monster issue here. I mean, if I, have you ever been to a gym and there's somebody working out next to you and they've got this philosophy, they don't believe in deodorant and they smell to high hell and you're just like, and then what you do is, what, what you do, DeMarco, is you, is you try and be real subtle as you lean your your nose over towards your pits because you're, you're just trying to make sure it's not you that stinks, you know? Right. Um, listen, you got to wear deodorant. I would like to know this from Matthew McConaughey. If you're not wearing deodorant, what are you doing to ensure that you don't stink? He's cool, man. You know, he's cool. Meaning he doesn't sweat? He doesn't smell. He uh, doesn't stink. He's that, yeah. Or at least he thinks he doesn't. Yeah. He's that guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's, what's, what, what kills me at the gym is I'm the clean guy. I'm deodorant. I take showers. But every now and then I come in there with like sour sweatshirts yeah. or sour shoes because they're my favorites, right? So I don't know I'm stinking the joint up. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but people keep stopping the treadmill next to me and getting off. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Since we all seem to agree that deodorant is actually an important part of hygiene, 
Let me throw this secondary question at you. You ready? Yeah. What's the best deodorant? Ooh, uh, whatever's closest. <laughs> to be <laughs> honest, I don't really have a favorite. I switch. You know, does it? Do you stay with one deodorant? I do. You do? Oh. I do. I'm going to tell you the best deodorant going right now. Go ahead. Secret. Really? Strong enough for a man, Uh but made for a woman. And guys, if you're manly enough to handle it, I'm telling you right now, Secret's the best deodorant. Yep. Best smelling or the best working? It smells great, and it keeps you dry. Okay. Is it, do the, is it gel? the white one? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is the Does white one. Does it plug one? it up? <laughs> yeah. Do you, ha- do you use the gel or the solid? That's, I, that's key right there. I like the solid. Uh. Only one exception, though. But is it For like a, a chalky solid? Yeah, because yeah, uh, yeah, then oh, what happens is, the as a guy, you get the little like white, you know. Yeah. No, dude, you got to do the gel. The gel is awesome. They have, if you, if for guys, right? Because I know guys have a little bit of, you what? know, y'all, y'all sweat hair? a lot more and y'all stink a little bit more, <laughs> yeah. okay? I'm just saying. They have like the clinical strength one. Wait, wait the a minute, clear no. one. See, that's not fair now. <laughs> that's it. I'm the just saying. clear gel. Like the this clear gel, gel stick. is amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I love that. Mm. Secret is amazing. And they have all these different like smells. Ugh, I can't I can't do solids. My favorite flavor of secret deodorant is powder fresh. Oh Ooh. my god, it smells so good. Because that's the white one, bro. Yeah, it yeah, smells but so you're good. using the chalky one. That's yeah. just that's no yes. good. No, 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 what can no. I tell you guys? What can I tell you? Works I mean, for me. I shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I really shouldn't, but well, I am. Well, they have the product. I mean, I'm not the only person on the planet that uses it. <laughs> they're like True. the cheapest sticks too i just feel like they don't yeah no as long as it works me. yeah please it work. use deodorant yes <laughs> right, please. Right, right as a public service announcement we we implore you to please use deodorant let's get into a little bit of the dodgers and what's going on with those guys robert half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring if you have open roles chances are you're feeling this too that's why you need robert half Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Yes, Sedano and Cap here on 710 ESPN. DeMarco Farr is in. And as Chris just called you, DeMarco, the Super Bowl champion, I'll tell you, man, I remember that game so well. I was there. I was in the stands. Uh, one of the greatest Super Bowl games I'd ever been to. Because, you know, when a Super Bowl comes down to the last second, you know, and creates heroes and creates Hall of Famers. Uh, man, I don't know. I know it's it, we're going back probably, what, now, 22 years ago or yeah. so? Uh, yeah. yeah, January 30, year 2000. That was a game in Atlanta. Yeah. Right. So, uh, dude, seeing Isaac Bruce go into the Hall of Fame and having his highlights – you know, being played in Canton was cool. I almost lost it. I did lose it when Hutch was speaking about his kids. You know, um, th- this was an interesting class, and we'll get to yeah. the Dodgers here in one second. Um, I love when you have a personal connection to somebody that's going into the Hall of Fame. Um, you mentioned Hutch, Steve Hutchinson. I graduated college in 91 or 2 and went to the same high school, and he was like a sophomore in high school, and I had come back, and I was okay. like volunteer coaching. I had that kid when he was 15, 16 years old. Really? Have known him his whole life practically. Um, and so to see that kid go from high school to Michigan to you know the Seahawks and the Vikings and now be a Hall of Famer, 
just incredible. Isaac Bruce, same part of the country. I love Isaac Bruce, huge fan. Um, John Lynch Jr., who went into the Hall of Fame, his father was a sports radio pioneer. I worked with them and worked around that family for almost 20 years. I mean, I know Johnny wow. very, very well. So, like, when you have personal connections like that, how many guys did you play with college ball or NFL? I mean, other I think of Kurt Warner, Isaac Bruce, uh, Marshall Fogg. I mean, there's a lot of dudes that you played with that Bettis, became Hall of Famers. Jackie Slater, uh, uh, Marshall, Kurt, Isaac. Soon to be Tory, I'm sure there's one I'm missing, but a few, a few oh, Hall of you know, Famers. You know who you're missing? Who? Um, uh, gosh, I, I can't believe I can't think of his name right off the top of my head. Offensive lineman out of Ohio State, Orlando uh, Pace. Oh my God, Big O, yeah, yeah. my dude. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, and uh, uh, there might be two more, possibly three. Uh, if Tory goes in next, possibly London Fletcher, and then Dick Vermeil if they get off their butts and do the right thing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, what a team, man. The, the greatest show on turf, those old Rams teams. I say old Rams Easy. teams. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Come on now. <laughs> those, those, those St. Louis Rams teams, you know. Um, th that was a great era. Yes, sir. And, and uh, Kurt Warner, by the way, uh, I'll be very curious to hear, and this will be coming out, you know, what you think of his movie. Because I work with Kurt on Monday Night Football on Westwood One and have been working with him for years. And it's always so interesting to me. We'll get done with the game broadcast. We'll go grab something to eat after the game. And he walks in. I'm telling you, man, we, we would go to a, an In-N-Out by the San Francisco airport. He walks in, and it's like Michael Jackson just walks Big in. Time. People yeah. love Kurt Warner. Big People time. gravitate to him. I wonder who's going to play Matt Leinart <laughs> when they talk about the Arizona Warner. Who's yeah. going to play Matt Leinart? I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I can't wait to see how uh, Kurt Warner's movie comes out. I know a oh, lot yeah. of people were ridiculing like some of the early stuff that was released, but I love Kurt Dude, Warner, man. He's got a movie made about his life. Right. Who cares? Right. You Check. know what I mean? You, yeah. He's already won. Right. In a big way. All right. Hey, DeMarco, I, I know that you're kind of, you know, Rams-centric right now, and you're focusing in on the Rams, but, you know, as somebody who's been in radio for a long time, I know you're probably watching a lot of other stuff at the oh, same time. Yes. Are you keeping up with what is happening with the Dodgers? Oh, they are man. on fire right yes, now. Yes, I'm cracking up. Uh, I was laughing at Travis because he actually thinks it's possible to track down the Giants. You know? <laughs> you don't <laughs> like, think so. You're, you're, yes, you're borderline delusional. All Dodger fans are delusional. That's <laughs> your, your fans – no, I mean in a good way. Yeah, you yeah. always think the Dodgers can do it. You always do. Yes. No matter what, you're delusional. Here he Why comes. Is delusional? Here, here, here's the biggest. You know, no, in your wise. heart of hearts, they're not going to track down the Giants. I absolutely, I absolutely think they're going to track down. Tell me how. How? Because they're only two and a half games back. They got okay. Bueller and Scherzer going the next two days, and they and the Giants are up in Oakland, where that's not an easy matchup. You need so them to they, collapse. They, it's not even about collapsing. We or have slow down. Forty games left, and only two and a half back. The pressure isn't on the Dodgers. How many do you? They have just keep to playing win? the same way they have been. Whereas the Giants, they have all of the pressure because. They have to hold off the, the champions. You know, this is actually an interesting weekend, though, because with the Dodgers hosting the Mets and with the Giants across the bay at Oakland, you know, Oakland's right in the middle of a playoff race also. You know, they're trying to hold off the Red Sox, who were in a bit of a free-fall Padre style. Um, they're trying to catch up to the Yankees. And, and so, you know, listen, um, Oakland is no joke. And San Francisco, to your point, has not given the Dodgers – they just haven't given them just one crack in the window like – as, as great as the Dodgers have played, the Giants have not given you, them one crack, and yet here they are now, uh, Dodgers against the Mets and the, the Giants across the bay at Oakland. This could be a weekend, but here's the thing, DeMarco. 
you you haven't even really seen the full Dodger team, and that's that's that I agree with. Point, yeah, that you know? I agree with. But and, s- some people act like San Francisco can't see what LA is doing. That's no, that's different. San Francisco like, like they don't know LA's breathing down their neck. How are they going to lose focus? No, it's not so much about losing focus. It's just about that they can't lose games. They right. are they're in the in the pressure situation where that if they lose, they have to think that the Dodgers are going to win. It, that's what the situation that they're at now. So they cannot lose games over the next forty games. They have to probably win what thirty of those to hold off the Dodgers. Correct. And how many do the Dodgers have to win? No, they probably have to win about thirty right. also. So, so but and and yeah. they but. I would actually trust. They'd have to win more. The math would say they'd have to win more. Sure, than so they'd have to. I don't win think they're phony. I think phony yeah. teams fold when they're being chased down. I don't think the Giants are phony. No, I don't. And think I they're agree phony. with you, Cap. Uh, I I don't think this is the best Dodgers. We we've seen the best of the Dodgers this year. But hey, look, uh, you can say that about a lot of seasons, a lot of teams. That's no excuse. You are what you are. You know what I mean? Well, that to me has been the most impressive part about what the Dodgers have been able to do here. Um, I've been talking about this for the better part of the week, which is, you know, you lose Dustin May early in the season. You lose Corey Seager for a big part of the first half of the season. Cody Bellinger uh, was gone for a long time, and, and when he came back, he was playing, but he certainly wasn't hitting. You've lost Mookie Betts, who now says he feels better than he's felt all season long. I'm shocked. You haven't, you haven't had Kershaw. <laughs> Uh, since you know, prior to the All Star break, when by the way, I just thought they were resting him, giving him a little bit of extra time. So you haven't really seen the best of the Dodgers, who you know, if they're all back and if everybody is healthy, and they've got the best roster in baseball, top to bottom. As much as that pains me, because listen, I was telling these guys, twenty years in San Diego, you know, I love the underdog story of the mm-hmm. Padres, but they have completely free fallen, and and they're just they're done. I mean, the Padres are just trying to hold off Cincinnati, who thankfully lost a couple of games, but the Padres got no pitching left. Wow. And their offense has fallen apart. So, you know, I'm watching these Dodgers and going, man, I am so envious because they have played so well and don't even have their full roster put together. Now, think about it this way, too, is that the Dodgers this year have used 35, 35 different pitchers. That means that they're bringing <laughs> stuff up and down from, from the minor leagues. Wow. And it's working. They just pitched 18 straight innings of bullpen baseball they did not use a full starter in any of those situations and all they got was just two runs earned okay how do you feel about dave roberts okay so are you on the fence no i'm not on the fence about dave Roberts. which side are you on i am on the fence of that he is a great man okay good Uh, how can a guy manage this many bullpen games and be successful and be bad right I, right. That does. I. It, it makes me want to pull my hair out. It I really think, does. I think there are some issues with Dave Roberts. That there's certain things that maybe he is can be a little bit too loyal at times. I think he can do. He can make some incorrect decisions when he uses his gut a little bit too much. Sometimes, usually later on in the postseason, like when he brings in Kershaw or he does. He brings in Kenley in a game that he probably shouldn't have done that. But there's. But for the most part, he is a great manager because baseball managers win you or lose you ten games in a season total. It's so it's not so much about the manager. It's about the players on the field. Wow. And I think he and he does a great job of keeping those guys happy and being a good guy and being a good yeah. overall leader so that and look, he's gone to the World Series three out of four years. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. He's not oh, a bad manager. I'm, I'm very glad to hear Greg Bergman prop up Dave Roberts. Very glad to hear about that. I'm a huge Dave Roberts fan. Big believer. Love the guy in real life. And uh, and I'm I'm glad to hear you say that, Greg. Very nice, yeah. very very good. Now we will talk a little bit later on. Demarco Bergman has been making uh, his plea to the Dodgers on the airwaves, asking them to find another closer. And yep. last night they decided to go with Blake Trinan. We'll talk about that move a little bit later on in the afternoon. But coming up next, 
Laura will have for us what you need to know. We'll all find out what we need to know. DeMarco Farr is in for Sedano. This is Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN.